With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday answering the uh, difficult questions. Ambassadorship. When you hear the term ambassador... What do you think of? Uh, probably, you know, politics and government and that type of thing. But did you know that uh, if you're a believer, that you're called to be an ambassador of mine? Yep. That's what Scripture says. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about being an ambassador. And this morning, I want you to think about what that means. You're, you're a representative. When you make a claim, when you make a statement and you say, you know, I am a believer and I am a follower. That doesn't mean that you're on the clock when you're in church or some Bible study. It doesn't mean that you're on the clock only when you're praying. means you're an ambassador. It's very easy to get caught up in the big things and think, well, you know, I, I practice what I preach in this context or in this context. But sometimes, you know, the little things I let, I let kind of slide. But I, I want to tell you something, and I tell you this not to, not to make you tense or hyper-aware but so that you will know. And that is that people are watching you. The entire world is watching you. Some are watching with curiosity because they want to believe. Others are watching you because they hate what you stand for and they want to watch you fail. There are those that are looking constantly for excuses not to believe, reasons, and they're hoping that you will be a bucket full of excuses for them to run from any sort of faith. So you are an ambassador. You are card-carrying. Every time you make a claim, you put a bumper sticker on the back of your car, you let anybody know that you're a Christian, you're a person of faith. Anytime you walk out of a church, anytime you make a proclamation about me at all, you're an ambassador. And that, that should be that should put you at peace and be something of joy, not something of great weight. However, I want you to understand the importance of it. 
because it's kind of twofold. It's not just about what you do, but it's about how you do it. You know, a great chef is not somebody only who understands flavors. But a great chef knows how to apply not only, uh, you know, flavors, but also textures and color. In the culinary world, they refer to it as plating. When they take that meal, that wonderful meal, and put it in such a, such an organization that when it comes to your table, it's beautiful and fragrant in every way. Not just the taste. And as an ambassador, as someone who represents me, people are watching for all of that. So not only the fact that you're doing something, like the chef creating a meal, but the way you present it is important as well. Your attitude on the little things. We often refer to it as uh, replacing the shopping cart. These are the little things. That you just go, oh, well, I'll just leave it here. Rather than where it's supposed to go. And people watch those things. People look to see how you react to world events. Not only what you do, but the subtleties. Do you do it happily? Do you do it begrudgedly? Every little subtlety matters. It's very easy to get caught up in the in the large things and kind of go through your checklist saying, well, you know what, I did this, this, and I went to Bible study, and everything's taken care of. But how were you in the process? Did you speed the Bible study? Did you ignore other people on your way there? When you got there, how was your demeanor? Did you put it on only for other Christians? Because you thought, oh, well, this is the place where they're going to be judging me. No. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Hopefully, if things are running properly, the world is going to judge you. The world's going to look at you and wonder... I wonder if they really, really live the way they say. Now, it's not that you're going to stop sinning. But I'm telling you this. If you are so focused on the little things, the big things will follow quite simply. But if you only focus on the big things... Quite often, you will miss the little things. And in doing so, we'll leave just enough of an opening to be pierced by those that don't want to believe or those that are desperately searching for truth. And you have to get yourself in the mindset 
where the little things do matter. In Philippians 2.14, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Living up to that would be quite difficult, I know. But think about the beauty of it. Think about what that says to people around you. When you not only do what is right or you do what is good, but when you do it with that proper attitude, when you're doing it without complaining, without disputing, meaning that you are in the proper mindset and you understand. Have you ever seen a kid that's told over and over to do something? Go clean your room. Go clean your room. Go clean your room. And the kid finally goes, ah! (laughs) Kicking and screaming the entire way. Well, that's how you look sometimes. That's how you look when I call you to do something that you know is right. And that's how you look sometimes when other people ask things of you. And, I'm, and I want you to understand that these subtleties are, are more important than you may think. That often all the things you do, the big things that you tend to look at as being huge, are not as important as you think when you kind of erase them with the small things. The subtleties, your attitude, the way you interact with people around you. And for all the things that you do, and all the things that you do that are good and used to glorify God, I assure you, the big ones, they are overshadowed by the tone and by the attitude in which you do them. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday, right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Uh, I'd love for you to be a part of the show. It's very easy. All you have to do is uh, gather your theology question. Question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or uh, a question about something going on in your life. We call them life situations. And uh, anywhere in the U.S., call 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Marge, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Um, I think I have a simple question. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's about the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Genesis 20, Mm -hmm. uh, 8 through 10, Mm -hmm. and the blaring words that pop out to me from those two verses are, remember the Sabbath, and then on it you shall shall not do any work. And that brings to, to mind... What day is the Sabbath? Okay. And will I go to hell if I don't keep it? Well, that's a, that's a, a very legitimate question. The Sabbath is one of those things that uh, there tends to be a little confusion on uh, because a lot of people think that Christians celebrate or worship 
on the Sabbath, and they don't. Most Christians, and I say most because uh, there are some that do Seventh-day Adventist worship uh, on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. But most Christians observe the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. And this deals with the, uh, the resurrection day and the dealing with new life. So the Sabbath is, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. It means uh, simply to rest from labor, to, to cease, if you will. And that time, having that period is imperative. The first time you see it, yes, correct, is in Genesis. And that's talking about the, uh, the rest of the Father after creating uh, the world. So in the case of an individual, uh, no, you will not go to hell. The important thing is that you keep the Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath that you're keeping is that you're keeping a time to cease, a downtime, a time to go to church, a time to worship, a time of prayer. And uh, in, the, in the New Testament, if you look and see uh, many, of the, um, uh, many of the churches that were starting in the early days of Christianity, they worshipped all kinds of different times, sometimes on Wednesdays, sometimes on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. Um, the important thing is that you do not forsake the gathering of the brethren, that there's time to gather together in the church, um, that you do have downtime, otherwise you'll implode. You know, you can only work so much, you can only do so much, and you need time to recuperate. And also to understand um, the beauty of the Sabbath. When I was asked in Scripture about the Sabbath, what was my response? Marge, my, my response was, the Sabbath uh, was, made for, for, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So it's there for you you're not here for the Sabbath. And understanding that is important to, to, to understand the difference and not get caught up in uh, the law, but understand the spirit of the law and the, the purpose of the law. Spirit of the law and the purpose of the law was for you to have time of rest, to have time with family, and to have time with uh, those whom you love and to replenish yourself. And if you get focused on that, you know, then then there's balance, then there's understanding, and there's time of meditation and um, uh, introspection and all of those things, not in some pipe, pop psychology or some uh, metaphysical way, but in a real way for you to have time with God, downtime where you're uh, spending, you know, time of worship and love and peace and not constantly going, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and I'm running at full speed all the time. That's what I want you to uh, keep away from. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to go to the phone with your theology question or life situation. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, when you get a chance, thejesuschristshow.com. Sammy, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi there. Good morning. How are you? I am well. How can I help you? Good. Um, I have a question. I would like to know how I can reach out to my brother who is not really in touch with his spiritual side, 
um, and who I think possesses a lot of anger and resentment um, towards our father, probably, and towards our upbringing, but kind of takes it out on everything that's going on right now in his life. And um, his relationships, um, he doesn't really... It just, I feel like he's on the verge of exploding, and I, I want to reach out to him and, and let him know that you know it doesn't he doesn't have to approach things that way. But I feel like whenever I try to reach out to him, he thinks I'm being preachy or, you know, so I just, any suggestions. He's younger than I am, and we had a pretty hard upbringing, and I just, I don't know how to reach out to him and get him to see that there, there's an easier approach to things that, you know, are more emotionally healthy and spiritually enlightening. Um, yeah, it's hard because you, you tend to, um, if it's human nature, if you're hitting something with a hammer and it tends not to break, you hit it harder. And if it tends not to break, you hit it harder. And okay. although that may work on concrete or some sort of surface, um, it doesn't work well with the human spirit. Sometimes the human spirit tends to build itself up and start to build barriers if you try and knock it down. Uh, when it doesn't want to be knocked down. So um, I would suggest to to back off a little bit. Uh, I think that you you can see that in nature as well, if you grab someone and try and pull them towards you, they'll pull away. Um, But if you try to push them, they'll come at you. And so sometimes adding a little space to the situation makes them come to you. But it sounds like there's some deeper things going on here, Sammy. It sounds like... uh, you say you had a rough upbringing. Was uh, was dad uh, troublesome? <sighs> dad was very troublesome. Um, and in recent years, he's he's pulled his act together, and he's actually um, he's doing really well. And he's and I feel like my um, perhaps my brother is still kind of waiting for the day to be disappointed in, in his own relationship or whatever it is. Given that my dad let us down many times, um, he you know he kind of abandoned us several times over the years. Um, struggled with drug addiction, uh, infidelity, I mean, you name it, it, it probably happened. And so I think um, that my brother still hasn't realized maybe how much of an effect that has, is having on him, mm-hmm. or maybe, he, and, and it's, so it's, you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, I'm older than him, and I've put myself through a lot the past six years or so and kind of have learned that, you know, there are deeper issues, and I don't know. I just hope as his loving sister that he gets in touch with those issues so that he can resolve whatever it is and, and be happier, not sure. live with so much anger. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's sad to, to see. And I kind of live in fear that one day he's going to, I don't know, do something out of anger or something. And Sure. You know. Now, your father, uh, was, was he or is he a person of faith? Yes, he is. And when he was going through those hard times and making his mistakes and doing those ugly things, did he talk about God? Yes, he did. Okay, so you kind of get an idea that for whatever reason you've been strong enough to push yourself through that to separate and see God and the things of God separate from your father and your father as a broken man uh, trying to make his way. But it seems like your brother has not gotten to that place yet, and he probably associates the two. Um, yeah, I feel like that's exactly it. It's, we associated for a long time our dad as the example of a Christian, as you know, the Christian um, in and out of church and what have you, and, and thought, well, who would want to be a part of that religion, you know? Um, but then we realized, wait a minute, our dad is just a man, a human, and that's, or I realized that. Um, well, that's hard. And anyway, yeah. it's, even outside of uh, 
faith and belief, it's hard to see parents as you get older and understand that they are not perfect and that they did do things wrong and they did make mistakes. And that's hard on its own, let alone when you have somebody that is trying to work through their own faith uh, and going through ugly, ugly times. And uh, you as his children had to experience those ugly times with him. It's really hard to separate them. And uh, maybe because you're older, you're able to uh, see them differently at this point. It will be incredibly difficult. There are yeah, people say use the term PK for pastor's kids uh, because uh, pastors are having to be one way in church, but they're still human. So they can clean themselves up, dust themselves off to do uh, their sermon. But at home, they're themselves and the kids end up seeing them be very human. And and sometimes the kids end up becoming atheists because they think oh, they can't reconcile uh, the human aspect of their parent with their uh, human uh, parent having duty to God and then being human and, and saying things to them or making mistakes. And, and so whenever somebody proclaims the faith and doesn't live up to it, no matter who they are, it affects the people around them, let alone yeah. putting it on, you know, in the ears and the face and the eyes of a child as they're growing up and wrestling with all those things too, it will be a difficult road period. Your, your brother's not going to want to receive these things. Um, your brother needs to see examples more than anything else to see you living that way, your father living that way. Um, otherwise he's just going to reject and reject and reject, uh, the anger issue that you're talking about with him. Where do you think the anger comes from? Does he ever say why he's so angry? Your, your brother? He doesn't. He says, "I feel so angry today. I don't know why. I don't know why." And and you know, he comes to me and talks to me, and and I, he does listen, but I feel like it's just not. It's not. He's not really listening. You know, um, he's and I say, well, maybe it's because you know you're expecting, you know, too much of, of this when in reality, you know, it's it is what it is, and you know, it's um, for example in his relationship, you know, I'm like, well, maybe you're being too possessive, and you need to just let things you know, come and go as they do and accept things. And he'll say, yeah, yeah. And then later he'll say, I'm just so angry. I don't know why. So I think he, he can't really pinpoint where the anger is coming from, but he does realize that he's angry a lot of the times. And, I and think how that, old is he? Um, he's 21. Okay. Uh, you know, y- your advice to him was, was pretty spot on. I mean, that's a really wonderful way to look at it and to to, to have him – you know, kind of look inwardly at it, at himself, and that was uh, excellent advice. Uh, whether he takes it or not is going to be up to him. And and really, at this point, and, and those possessive attributes and things like that um, stem from a lot of this for sure. Uh, if he's possessive with girls and things like that now, a lot of that stems from his insecurities and the the breakdown of the way things should be, and uh, it, and that expectation. That if you're expecting something to be one way, as he might have expected your father to be one way, and it didn't go down that path, then he's trying to control whatever he can to make sure he doesn't go down that path. And in doing so, he's, you know, being not so pleasant because nobody wants to be controlled. Um, I would also look into, and this is outside the scope of the show because this isn't about medicine, uh, nor am I a doctor, but maybe that there is something uh, with an imbalance 
that would be worthy of taking a look at as well. Um, that yeah. kind of anger can be something, especially if it if puffs up and he's not even sure where it comes from, um, that it may be tied into to something outside of uh, his control as well. Worthy of looking into. Um, however, I think that the, the that anger in general, uh, as we've talked about not not too long ago, mm-hmm. the difference between healthy anger and unhealthy anger. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And uh, see how it manifests itself to see if he ever uses it for something constructive or if it's just low-grade rage, which is totally unproductive, and see that there. The best advice is to be who you are. You continue to be his big sister, um, not to force those ideas on him, but you, you had said that he'd come and he'd ask you things. If he's coming and asking things of you, it's because he trusts you and believes you and he's hearing you. It doesn't mean you have to give him a thousand things. Sometimes when someone, when someone in your position who really cares about their brother or a friend or someone and you just want to give them all you can give them every moment – that, but you don't know how long they're going to, or when they're going to ask, or how long they're going to listen, that you try and dump it all. Just trust God, uh, be continually in prayer for it, and when he comes to you, just say what you feel on your heart, uh, prayerfully in your head, knowing that it is of God, uh, give it to him, and move on to something else. He'll keep coming after you. But if you start to try and dump every single bit of wisdom on top of his head, he'll run. But the fact that he's still coming to you to talk to you is a very, very good thing. Uh, And you just keep giving him wisdom about controlling anger. Maybe he should look into that. Maybe you can plant the seeds of him seeing a doctor. Um, You can plant the seeds of what you do. You know, I understand. I get angry too. And when I get angry, this is what I do. I put it into something constructive or I go and I read the Psalms or whatever it is and say, you do what you want. I just know that works for me. These types of things, you impart small things at a time and uh, they will continue to sink in and he will continue to receive them because he's the one asking you for them. 
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also encourage you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, the blue-gray box that tells you about our archive club. It's the only way to get more of the show uh, during the week. Uh, Those quantities, almost seven hours of programming on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Then, of course, this show, uh, every hour on the hour, gets posted as well. So you can find all of that there. If you want more information, just click on the link below that blue-gray box, and uh, that'll direct you to more information. You can also follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jesus Show. Vicki, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, good morning, Jesus. Hi, how can I help you? Well, um, I I read the the book of Barnabas, and it really got me confused. I was wondering, you know, if you could help me on that one. Well, what do you want to know? Um, who was he? Well, the uh, the there's a couple of different works. There's the Epistle uh, of Barnabas, there's Acts of Barnabas, and there's the Gospel of Barnabas, or what's referred to as the Gospel of Barnabas. And the it's it's not a biblical work. It was written around the 16th century, and it's not considered a biblical work in any way, shape, or form. So, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so it's – well, it's something it, – it falls into a category um, called uh, the – when you're dealing with these particular types of work, they, they refer to them – here comes a big theological word uh, – pseudepigraphal. So that word means that uh, the origins aren't really tied to the person that is saying they're the author um, or it's a false name or um, – so when you break it down in – the Latin, basically, you're looking at it going, well, it's of a false name or it's of a false origin or these types of things. So in that particular work, it talks about uh, Barnabas uh, being one, one of the 12 apostles and, uh, uh, you know, and all these things. And it can be confusing because it's like, well, OK, he where's this information coming died from? On the cross um, um, God didn't change um, Jesus and the Judas and all that. That's correct, correct? Oh, yeah, the, the, you the, did die for us, right? Absolutely. But the, the, this particular work, one of the things that uh, is most problematic is that it contradicts a lot of mainstream Christianity. So it, it, this, Vicky, kind of makes people question, well, how do you know what a, a true book of the Bible is and all these things? What is canonization? The term um, canon— uh, it means measuring rod. It's the reed. It's the standard by which everything is judged. So when it comes to works of Scripture and the things that were written, it's not just, hey, let's all take a vote. There were many things that have to be a part of that work of antiquity that would be attributed to uh, something that should be in Scripture. So for the longest time, a lot of it was uh, oral tradition. So how was it passed down when it was written? Um, who was it written by? Were they by eyewitness accounts? If they weren't, uh, how were they affiliated with? These types of things. So when you get to that, 
that distance, 16th century, is pretty far off uh, from the actual events. And um, and therefore – and also uh, when it comes to these particular manuscripts, I think they're – you've got uh, two, one written in Italian, one in Spanish. And they uh, – you know, going back dated uh, so far, you don't have them in any of the original biblical languages. These types of things end up pointing towards uh, uh, being a, a large problem. They were never part of the original stories. There are some things that are similar to – the canonized uh, synoptic gospels, um, these types of things, they just there's just not enough there to make it be a part of Scripture, and a timing would be a, a huge problem as well. Usually, when someone calls up about one of these books or the uh, the apocrypha or things like that, the my standard response is you can learn something from all kinds of different works. Don't be afraid of things. Um, however, when there's things that are contradictory to your faith, you have to be careful what how you put them. There's a lot of people that put reverence towards things just because they're old. As a matter of fact, there's an informological fallacy called the appeal, uh, the appeal to antiquity, and it's when something is uh, people assume something's better just because it's old. Oh well, it must be true. It's so old. And I think sometimes that becomes a problem when people read things that were written a long time ago and maybe written in a similar cadence or style as something from Scripture that they automatically give it more weight than it deserves, and that can be a problem. But as far as curiosity or wanting to see something that was written a long time ago and and what it has to say, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's only when you put it on the same level of scripture and you start reading it as if it's going to speak to you in that sense, that it can be very confusing and uh, even worse, damaging to your faith. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have a theology question um, or a life situation question, give me a call, 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. The blue-gray box at the top of the page there with a click here if you want to find out more about our archive club. The show's been on for a long time. And uh, there's a lot of shows that you haven't heard. That's a way to hear them. You get more of the show Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They're delivered to you almost seven hours. And um, then in addition to that, you also get this show every Sunday, hour by hour. It's posted. So the live show, after it finishes each hour, it's posted. So the first hour is posted there for your listening pleasure. So you can listen to it when you want and when you have time or those types of things. Check that out when you have a chance at thejesuschristshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter during the show and during the week at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Trish, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello. Hi. Hi, Trish. Uh, I, my child um, is transgendered. Um, my daughter, you know, you know, she grew up my daughter, and my husband died. I, I, I don't know if this 
plays into it or not. It, the timing is weird four years ago. And, you know, after that, I kind of checked out for a while. I had a hard time coping and, and for about a year. And a year after my husband died, my daughter came out to me and said that he's a man. And since, in the subsequent three years, uh, he has undergone a couple surgeries and has been on testosterone. And it has totally changed. And I, I, I love my child, but I feel like I've lost my daughter. This is not the same person. Personality is different. Uh, not as loving. Um, and much more angry, and I think that's the testosterone. Um, and I just feel like my daughter's gone, and this is a new person I have to love. And it's hard because his lifestyle, he's come out as a gay man, and his lifestyle I find disturbing and, and scary because I've known gay men who died in the 80s, um, and there are risks with that lifestyle. And... Um, I just I worry about him, and I worry that he's gone, taken himself so so far into this life, this agenda. He works and thinks, and everything he talks about is GLBT. And I I I I'm concerned. I love him, and I resent him, and also because I lost my daughter, and my daughter's gone. And she was a beautiful daughter, a beautiful girl, and my husband adored her. And I don't know how to cope with this sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I can just kind of push it back and keep it at bay. And then sometimes, you know, I think about it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Or my husband, and I have a hard time. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I failed. And, I, you know, it was my husband died suddenly, but he had a chronic illness, and I had a take on more of a financial responsibility in the family and maybe you know i don't know if this is a rejection of me i don't know if this is a rejection of us you know my husband and i are our christianity because he hates christians now 
you know, they're the enemy. I I just really don't know how to cope with this and do it in a loving manner. And, you know, I I try to be around him, and I, I find it so abrasive and so hard to deal with. Well, uh, first, there's so much going on, and I really wanted you just to continue to to get it out of your system and say what you needed to say, because it's very important for a couple of reasons. Um, one, uh, to be honest with yourself and to where you stand on all of this is very important, but also for um, people to hear um, uh, both sides of the situation. I know right now um, there's a lot of embracing, and I will tell you rightly so, of those that are in that situation of of trying to right what they feel is a wrong um, by birth. And that's a that's a, a a very powerful thing. And what ends up happening, though, in that process is there's an overshadowing of what's taking place um, uh, on the other side of things and the people that have to wrestle with losing someone or a familiarity or things like that. So um, it's not something we're going to you know be able to put in a box and then with a nice bow on it and hand it to you at the end of a, a couple minute phone call. But a couple things that I do want you to think about are it's okay for you to mourn the loss of your daughter because that does take place. That really does. And I, and I think people are fearful of saying that um, because they think that it's automatically a judgment um, and uh, towards the transgender community. And it's not, it's a reality. So if you think of it this way, if you take all the politics off it and you strip all of that and the emotions and all those things and you think of it like a cult, you have uh, a lot of people that get into these cults and then um, uh, and then they come out of them. Like somebody comes, maybe a missionary comes and starts t- teaching them about um, the gospel and they pull them out of the cult. Well, everyone cheers and goes, oh, yay, they're out of the cult in the Christian community. They cheer. They go, oh, they're out of a cult. But what people f- – uh, fail to to see is that that person that's making the transition out of the cult is um, wrestling, you know, with something that they've been uh, their whole lives or they grew up with, and they're trying to find the balance. So similarly, in this case, you have somebody who is doing something very powerful and very important. They're coming to you and they're saying, "I've been living a lie, and it doesn't feel right, and I'm going to correct it." Just as if they were born with a cleft palate or something like that. And they're saying, you can't see it like a cleft palate, but I've felt it my entire life and I need to correct it. And not only is it going to affect me, but it's going to affect everyone around me because what they've known is partly me and partly a lie that I've been living out of confusion and frustration. So the place to land by the family should be the same reaction that you'd uh, uh, go through with a cleft palate. You'd say you're correcting this and um, you would be supportive of that and want to do everything you could to support them. But then there's the emotional side, which is unlike the cleft palate, you're attached to this part of this person that in and their description is a lie, but you're going, well, that, that lie is all I knew, and now this seems like a lie to me. But they're going, no, this is not the lie. This is the truth, and this is who I am. So that that uh, process is a difficult one for both parties because the, the, the party who's saying, you know, I was living as a girl, and I'm not a girl. 
and uh, I've got to correct that, is feeling the relief and the freedom of knowing who they are and now living in that space. And then everyone else around them is mourning the loss of someone that they felt they knew. And it's going to be, there's going to be new things, I assure you. Uh, If you had a son at birth, you'd probably be going through a lot of the same frustrations with them being, with their anger and their gruffness and um, attitude and all those things too. It's just put on you differently. And there's a lot of emotion that's tied into those things during this process, and it's okay to mourn. It's best to explain those things and to have open conversations and talk about it. It has nothing to do with the, the transgender part. Now, on to some other things that you said. As far as uh, a risky lifestyle, risky lifestyle has nothing to do with gender. Uh, as it doesn't have to do uh, with being gay. It doesn't have to do with being straight. It has to do with the individual and what they do with that. So I know that there's a lot of folks in the Christian community that like to point out those things or trying to make it look dangerous because then it looks more noble um, to have bigotry or to or to be able to point things out. But it's not always the case, and the facts are often skewed based on uh, the agenda in the church. So your job, here's the great news, your job remains the absolute same, Trish. You are a mom. That hasn't changed at all. And as a mother, you're there to be there. You were there for your daughter, and now you're going to be there for your son to the best of your ability. It's not rebellion. It's not because... Uh, the timing I know uh, of your with your husband dying, you may see, gosh, this is some reaction to that. No, and it's not a reaction to how you uh, uh, raised him. It's not a, a reaction to any of those things. It is, for whatever reason, a time where uh, your daughter said, I've been living this lie and I'm not going to do it anymore. And maybe it was jarred by uh, the death and, and, and gave her that freedom to say, I'm no longer a her. I'm a he, and um, uh, to fulfill something that she had been battling with. But at this point, he is who he is, and you are his mother, and you are to love and guide and do the best you can. And as far as the enemy part uh, with Christianity, Christianity should be uh, should find its place not in being the world's police. And this is this thing with Christianity, Trish. And it's, it's, it, Christianity should not be the enemy of people. And so to hear that, that your son looks as somebody in the gay and transgender community looks at Christianity, Christianity as the enemy um, breaks my heart because that's not the truth. And I think that there's a lot of people that are speaking up for Christianity in ways that are unhealthy and nonproductive and are only about their own agenda or beliefs and not about the gospel and the beauty of the gospel and the importance of the gospel. So you continue to be a mother. You continue to love your boy and to guide and to answer questions when asked and to be an example to show that you that Christianity and that you are not the enemy of your son. You're the mother of your son. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host, 
Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question or life situation question. 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. Follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Uh, Christianity uh, is not just a book of laws. There was there was already a book of laws, and I still came. There was the Torah, and there was those laws, and it's more than the laws. When asked about the laws, I said that I wasn't here to break them or get rid of them, but to fulfill them. Very different. And Christianity is probably in need of another reformation. Christianity has gone through a lot over the years. And it's funny. You had uh, the first church having a reformation, and the the first church said, oh, we're not in need of a reformation. And then you have the Protestants and now the Catholics, and there's a split. Strangely enough, now you have Protestants running around and that are hearing me say that the church is in need of a Reformation, and they're doing the same thing. What? How dare you? Of course not. We're fine. And why I say that is that when things start getting very legalistic, and I don't mean liberal versus conservative in the sense that it's like do whatever you want and say you're a Christian. It's not the case. And if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know that is absolutely not where we land. However, there is much that is going on with the church and a lot of splitting in the church to begin with. And a lot of uh, miscommunication and misunderstandings. But the church is at a place right now where it is going back to a very legalistic footing where it's re- really less about the gospel and about teaching people about the gospel and more about trying to control an environment that they feel most comfortable in. And when it gets to that place, when it's more about using the Bible to just keep things the same, just don't don't rock the boat. Don't make things different. Don't don't allow anything different to come in. Is when you look around and say, now this is no longer about the good news. It's no longer about the gospel. This is about your comfort level. And that should never be what leads the church. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am. Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions, dealing with theology or life situations. Talking about important things, including the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question or a life situation question. Anywhere in the USA, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9400. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Four six seven. Also, I invite you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. There's that blue-gray box we talk about that I'd love for you to check out if you haven't as of yet. If you want more of the show, you like the show, um, you want to be a part of it in a different way, just go there and find out more about our Archive Club. I will tell you this because uh, people have heard me talk about the Archive Club and say things like that there's – a social aspect to it too. You can communicate with me and communicate with other uh, people on the site. Kind of looks sort of Facebooky, I suppose. Um, and you get the audio there from old shows and uh, this show as well, every hour on the hour. And you'll see some people will interact. And I've had people ask, "Well, do I have to?" No, it's the vast, the vast majority of those people uh, that are part of the archive club never make one peep, never give a thumbs up. Uh, for the audio or a thumb, you know, I liked this. I didn't, they don't do any of that. So if, if that's not your cup of tea, don't worry about it. You can just listen to the audio um, and uh, just do that. And that's fine. People always feel the pressure to have to be social. It's there for you. If you want to interact with others, we've even put prayer requests up there uh, when asked and things like that. But if you just want to listen to the audio, then that's what your experience will be. Uh, no pressure at all. Again, the vast majority of people that are part of the Archive Club, just listen. You'd never know they were there. Just come, listen, do their thing, and move on. Uh, but you can check that out by going to thejesuschristshow.com, blue-gray box underneath it. Click there for more information. And uh, if you're interested, great. If you're not, we're still here every single Sunday for you and via Twitter at Jesus Show. Monica, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hi. Hi, how can I help you? I have a big problem. <clears throat> I just I need some advice or help. I feel like I'm losing my son. He is a teenager, seventy years old. And he's always been a good kid, doing good in school. But he's been lately, maybe a month ago, he's just been acting out of control. Is making out of the house in the middle of the night. He has a car and taking the car, lying. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, we mothers, we feel we have an instinct, and my instinct of a mother is telling me that maybe he's doing drugs or drinking. Well, at, at, at 17, that's not a huge leap. You realize that. 
Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of young people. It doesn't make it right. But there's a young, a lot of young people that are experimenting at that age uh, with alcohol and the like. Uh, do uh, have people referred to you? Has he referred to you, or anyone else ever referred to you as controlling? Well, he has said that to me a couple okay. times. Okay. When someone lies to you, there's there's two participants in that lie. They're the person who's lying, which is a bad thing. And the other person they're lying to, and often when people lie, they are lying to someone because that person motivates them to lie. You've you've played a part or you've put him in a situation where he feels the need to lie. That doesn't mean what he's lying about is okay or any of those things. It's just saying that you play a part and you should understand that part uh, because it's important to the relationship. He's 17 years old. He's going to want to find himself as a man, and he's going to distance himself from both his mother and his father. It's human nature and to find himself. Now, if you just guess, I realize a woman's intuition is very powerful and um, that they're very connected with their children. Uh, But you have to look and see if you are trying to hold on to him in a way that repels him and, and makes him feel like he has to lie because he doesn't want to be tethered down as he gets older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I think I was a little overprotective of my kids. Well, especially him, because I think maybe he's the oldest and he's a boy. <clears throat> but I've been letting him, you know, let, I've been trying to let go a little bit of him. And I've been giving him, like, if he wants to go out with his friends, I let him stay out till maybe 11, 11.30. But there's some days, sometimes that he'll be home like two, three in the morning. And well, if he's in your home, you have the right to make those rules. You absolutely have the right to make those rules. And if he's blowing past curfew, um, then you have to have some sort of uh, repercussions or consequences. But you have to live by those consequences because mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to become eighteen, and sooner or later he's just going to say, "Well, I I can do what I want." Uh-huh. If if you put someone in a cage, when the cage is open, they're going to fly out. So if he feels like he's been um, hovered over, he's going to want to experience some freedom. That's why parenting is such a difficult balance of trying to be protective and trying to give someone their, their freedom as a human being, a living, breathing human being uh, who wants to experience life. And that balance is very difficult, but I assure you, people will find their own space. They just will. You cannot control a person. So at 17 years of age, um, boys often are very uh, not very smart, and they do a lot of stupid things, and they're foolish. Mm-hmm. And that can be very frustrating for a parent. But he has to find his, his own footing with your guidance – but that guidance has to be given differently than it was before. You can't just control him. You can't ground him and lock him up the same way because it's just different. So you have to find new ways to set reasonable boundaries for a 17-year-old in your home and say these are the rules of the house. So, you know, maybe it's uh, getting a couple extra locks. Say the house is locked and you don't have a key. The house is locked at 1130 every night. If you're not in, 
then find somewhere else to go. But this is these are the rules of this home for now. And I love you, and I know you're growing into a, a young man, but a young man with that comes with responsibilities and consequences, and these are the rules of the house. And he can live up to them or not, but you're just going to be staying up anyways and staring at the clock and, and worrying, so you have to... You have to land uh, conclusively on what you're going to do as well to show consistency so that he doesn't take advantage of any breaches or, or breaks in your emotions because he will. That's what humans do. Yeah. So she just need to give him a little freedom. He needs to have some space. Now, I will tell you this. You're still the parent. And it's still your home. I'm not saying, you know, cut the leash and let him go wherever he wants at all. He's still living at home, and you're still the parent. However, but that's what he doesn't understand. You know, because he snuck out twice this week. I took his car away. I took good. his keys. But two days ago, he, he sneaked out, and somebody came and picked him up. Okay. Well, then... Um... Uh, where's where's uh, his father? Um, remarried. His father is kind of out of the picture. I see. And he sees his dad maybe once or twice a month. And he's got his own problems. He's an alcoholic. Mm. Well, I I would say that it's a uh, a very appropriate time for a discussion to shift the gear in the way you deal with disciplining him. So sit him down and say, here's the deal. Uh, I'm your mother and this is my home. You're not quite an adult yet. I want you to have freedom because you need to learn, you know, and grow and all those things. So you tell me um, what I should do when you disobey or when you don't come in or when you're running around, knowing that I have fears that your father was an alcoholic and that you may be going down a similar path or that you may be. Um, doing things that are unhealthy or bad for you, and you you let him. People are can be pretty rough on themselves, so if you ask him, you say, "What do you think?" So let's you're you're growing up. I'm not going to treat you like a child. What do you think I should do? What would you do if your child disobeyed you, didn't come home, and and sneaked out of the house? And what would you do if you're since you're becoming uh, a young man and let him process it? And think through it and come to conclusions with you on those things and be a partner in that rather than a child because he's going to rebel against being uh, being a child. Uh, it's just uh, it, it can be a problem. Now, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. Uh, maybe you can find it at your local library. But there's a book by John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. Uh, it's, the subtitle is Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. And although I don't agree 100% with any book um, other than Scripture, I will tell you that there are some great insights to the spirit of a man and a young man and how men think. And I think since there, since his father's not in the picture, it might be helpful for you to at least go through this book a little bit and understand things. Um, now, there's also you know conversations about you know, hunting and things like that. And I'm not a huge fan of those things unless it's for food. Uh, but 
there's the spirit of the book and the the nature of uh, man and uh, men and how they uh, are looking for adventures in life and these types of things, I think could be very important and illuminating to you as a mother to see some of those things. Some of those things that might appear to be rebellion are more exploratory and not about rebelling against you, but exploring what's out there. And you do have to trust your gut. And if you see patterns, there's obviously going to be different patterns as as children grow. And you're coming up against a big one right now as they transition from uh, childhood to adulthood is a bizarre one because it's just an age. I get that. It's like 18. So that's legal. It's it's like the expiration date on milk. Does milk go bad the the moment it, uh, the express, uh, expiration date comes around? No. It's a, it's a guess based on uh, many different factors uh, and observations. And same thing, you don't become an adult because you're 18 years of age. You become an adult based on your experiences and your understanding of things and how you apply them to your life. So I get that you're looking through all these things saying, well, you know, when do I jump in? But you're getting further and further away from being able to jump in. And so now the tactics need to change and the way you connect with somebody that's older needs to change and it needs to become something uh, a little bit more of a partnership than it is uh, a dictatorship. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host, happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. And there's that blue-gray box, now infamous blue-gray box that talks about our Archive Club. If you're interested in you enjoy the show, you want more of it during the week, that's the way to get it. Click on the link below to find out more information. And uh, no obligation. We've got this show for you every single Sunday. And you can still hear podcasts of the this show. And the difference with the Archive Club is you get uh, into the deep archives and uh, back to 2000 and. Two, I think uh, uh, we have audio from some of it's posted, obviously some of it's not, uh, but uh, three days a week, new uh, programs are posted and sent to you. So you can listen to new old programs, I suppose, is the term. So you can listen to the archives and uh, at, at your leisure whenever you want. And this show is posted every hour on the hour, too, after the hour is up and we are finished doing it live, then it gets posted and you can Hear those there as well. So check that out, won't you, if you enjoy the show. Check out our Archive Club. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Again, you don't have to be overly social. If you just want to listen to the audio, you don't have to participate in liking something or making a comment or any of those things. The vast, vast majority of those people um, that are part of the Archive Club don't do any of that, so don't feel the need. But it's there for you if you wish to do it as well. Uh, Parenting, um, controlling, anything. When you are a controlling person, and if you've heard that before, often that ties into how you deal with crisis or things around you. 
And so when what ends up happening is you dislike crisis so much or you're so worried about things changing in any way, shape, or form that you try and control them to the best of your ability so you won't have to deal with the change. Now, a mother caring about her child, of course, is reasonable. I don't want anything to happen to them. But a lot of times, and you need to search very deeply, a lot of times what you're fearing is the change if something does happen. But people are individuals. They're not meant to be kept. And they have to make their own mistakes. And yes, they may even get hurt. That happens. Bad things happen to people out in the world. And you can't nerf the planet, as my producer Neil says. You just can't nerf the world. There are sharp edges and people will get hurt and people will make bad decisions. As a parent, your hope is to instill the best decision-making tools and discernment tools that you possibly can and to build up that toolbox so that your son or daughter can go out into the world and make the best decisions and troubleshoot things that come their way. It's not to put a bubble over them to protect them from everything because, one, that's not healthy, and, two, it will never work. And I realize that that causes fear, and that's very scary. But, again, often people who are very controlling are not even thinking about the other person. This is weird, so bear with me on this. I'm not thinking about the other person, but how it will affect their life if something happens to the other person. It's very strange. And it comes from uh, a dual place of selflessness and selfishness simultaneously. Because, of course, you're saying, I don't want something to happen to that person. But ultimately, it's I don't want something to happen to that person because it affects me as well. And understanding that is a very important thing. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday. Right here, same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. I also encourage you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, including uh, the blue-gray box at the top of the page with a click-here link underneath it. For those of you who are interested in hearing more of the show during the week, that's the way to do it. Find out more about our archive club by clicking there. And... uh, and also um, following us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Uh, talking about controlling, uh, it seemed to be a, a little bit of a theme today. And I realize that it's part of human nature to want to control and not have things get out of control or get away from you in any way, shape, or form. But I want you to look at the model of God and the allowance of God allowing humanity to have free will and to make decisions. And producer Neil often jokes that God saw fit to give humanity free will and the church sees fit to try and take it away. So there's a lot the church becomes a point of of control as well. 
we talked a little bit about controlling as a parent, but the church ultimately is part of the parentship of humanity as well, uh, trying to guide and, and to point out and to equip and all these things. But it can be misused as well. And I think that there, when you try and control too much, it is the equivalent of trying to be God. We've talked about judgment in many ways, and the word God actually means judge. So that concept, that term of the ultimate judge, the ruler that looks over things. And I think that being in the state of wanting to control things is being a mini-God. You're, you're trying to make sure that everything conforms to something, that, to your comfort level. And the church does that as well. And it's really not the place of the church. The, the church's goal is to share the gospel, to make sure everybody's heard it. What that person does with the gospel is up to them. It's not the church's... I, there's so many horror stories that I've heard over the years of people forcing or tricking someone into saying the sinner's prayer or something like that. And there's there's not even a sinner's prayer in Scripture anywhere. But it makes somebody feel better if they feel like they've tripped tricked somebody into the kingdom, I suppose. Uh, and that's just not how it's done. The purpose of the gospel, of Scripture and sharing these things, is so that individuals can hear them and make the best decision about their life with, or uh, make uh, use the best information to make the best decision in their life. But they have the right not to. Does that affect you? Yeah, sure, it can affect you. There are people that make bad decisions every day that affect people. There are people that uh, drive drunk that crash into people that are completely obeying the rules of the road and are driving sober. People doing bad things will affect you. But the gospel and, and scripture and Christianity is not about getting everybody to do good things so that your life is better. So it's just easier so that you don't have to roll your eyes. I know that every Republican feels like, wow, if, if everybody was a Republican, it would just make things easier. And every liberal feels like if everybody was uh, a Democrat, it would just make things easier. It would just life would be better. And that's not the truth. Now, you could argue if everybody was a Christian and adhered to the, the laws of Christianity the world would be better. It's obviously the show is titled the Jesus Christ Show. Of course, that's going to be our bent or bias. But to look at God's example, it, God's example was to, there is punishment and there is consequence and there is these things, but there's also that freedom. It wasn't about taking away the freedom. It was about showing why that freedom should be used wisely. But the church in its current state is about using Scripture to conform the masses to do what they want to do. And that doesn't help anybody. As a matter of fact, that's where perversion grows. Perversion grows from uh, uh, when you repress things or when you try and keep natural things down, then people find unnatural ways to do them. There's horrible stories of people trying to control their children or um, uh, trying to keep them on a particular path, and the children outright rebelling, sometimes even killing and taking the life of their own parents. 
It's it sounds unfathomable. I I realize, but it takes place. Now I'm not saying that if you're controlling or if you want good things for your child, it means they're going to harm you in some way or they're going to rebel to the point of of something vulgar like that. That's not my point. Point is, it's human nature to want to explore and move forward on their own freely. That's just what humans will do. That's why I, I, I hear different political discussions about things like uh, you know, undocumented workers and how, well, we need them for the economy because um, they'll do menial jobs uh, for small amounts of money, which is just the most horribly racist comment. Because any human, no matter where they come from, are going to want to progress. They're going to want to learn and grow and become the best they can be. Nope. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Nobody stays in any menial state. They don't want to. A child doesn't want to do it. An adult doesn't want to do it. And people of faith don't want to do it. People of faith want to grow and be curious and explore and learn and know things and and be able to touch them and 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 uh, ask questions and be curious not locked in some box with a cross on it that says this is where you this is where you stay and i can hear the tone the tenor in people's voices under the guise of christianity that don't want any change that don't want things to happen and all hell is breaking loose and God has fallen off his throne. You can't let this happen. And these people shouldn't be here and this shouldn't happen. And these people shouldn't be allowed to do this. And these people shouldn't be allowed to do that. And I hear that. And I know that it doesn't come from God. And it doesn't come from a place of stability and trust and true hope. It's the people that want to control others the most that I think have the weakest faith that love God the least, that trust God the least. Because they are sitting there just like Judas and saying, if you're not going to do it the way that I want you to do it, I'm going to do it myself. God, if you're not going to come down and you're not going to 
smite every single person and turn them into stone, turn them into a pillar of salt, make it rain for 40 days. If you're not going to do these things, then I'm going to do it for you. And a lot of uh, people don't understand. A lot of Christians don't even understand the relationship and where it went south with Judas and me. And really, where it went south is Judas, 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 rather, had expectations of me coming and being a warrior and destroying the political parties and the things that he didn't like. And when I didn't, he betrayed me. And I think that that's happening in the church today. I think the church is looking around and going, God's not doing enough. God is not making these people go away. God is not uh, damning them on this earth. And it's making me uncomfortable. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to force people to be Christians by way of laws. I'm going to force them to do the things that that it talks about in, in Scripture because that way it will be done. And God's not in that at all. And in that you become Judas. And you lean in and you kiss me. And you say, not thy will be done, God, but my will be done. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Love to hear from you if you have a theology question or life situation question, 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also invite you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. All kinds of good stuff there that you can find. Follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Michael, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hiya, Michael. Hi, good morning. How can I help uh, you? Well, I kind of have a question about the Old Testament teaches about uh, Methuselah and many of his contemporaries and uh, people of that time living to extraordinarily long times. Mm-hmm. I think Methuselah lived over 900 years. Um, the steady progression of the lifespan, all the way down to, I believe it was you that said in the New Testament, but someone did, that a lifespan of a man had been allotted to 120 years. Incredible come down from the time of Methuselah. But we don't get 120 years, and our last four or five years, ten years, are not very comfortable. We are in incredible pain. We're in incredible grief. It affects those around us. It affects our lives. Why is this how we end up from, I mean, Methuselah must not have had his first, uh, you know, high blood pressure till he was uh, seven or 800 years of age. Why? He must have been living the life of a 30-year-old when he was 500. Why are we in the position that we're in now? And as the Bible said, why don't we get our 120 years? It's kind of bizarre to think about, too. I mean, just living that long, and when you think about all the things you experience in uh, the years that you're here, whether they be 70 or 90 or 100, um, more and more I think you've noticed that people are hitting that 100 mark. It used to be much more of a, a special thing and you'd hear about it, but now you're hearing people that are living to 104, 105 and things like that. It's actually right now, strangely, uh, going in the other direction um, and people are getting older and that's uh, an attribute to to science and modern medicine, uh, quite honestly, and uh, knowing more about what they eat and those types of things. However, um, the theological question is 
is a tough one. There are many different views on what it is. Some will go to the language and say, well, maybe it didn't mean 900 years, but there's not a whole lot of room for that kind of interpretation. Uh, others will look, look at things that have changed. So what is what changed in the Old Testament? And it happens rather rapidly. It's not like it goes from 900 or uh, there's, there's different people that lived hundreds of years, not necessarily all 900, but um, that goes from Genesis and then quickly it changes. Quickly it changes um, to people living much less. So there are those that talk about certain things that have changed. When you look at something like that, what would be the drastic change? Genesis 1, 6 and 7 talks about the water above the expanse. And there are those that believe that that water broke during the flood and that that water was something, a canopy of sorts, that protected uh, the planet and gave perfect everything. So the uh, temperature was right. Um, the uh, radiation uh, levels were different. You didn't get the radiation because you were protected by this this canopy and that those things uh, changed that. Uh, so when that was broken for the flood, uh, then that went away and there is no longer that protection. Uh, in addition to that, there's other factors uh, as well that tie in, um, one of which if Adam and Eve were created perfect, as Scripture says, then you have perfection bringing forth perfection and less genetic uh, anomalies or problems or mutations, and that as the lineage gets further down the line, you bring in sin, you bring in pollution, you bring in all these other factors, then that goes back down, down, down. It is the Jesus Christ Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is always so much better when you're here with us. As we are here with you every Sunday, same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Every Sunday we come together to talk about these important things. And I know that the world wants to thrust problems upon you. And my hope is that we thrust solutions upon you every Sunday and talk about things that a lot of people don't in ways that a lot of people don't. And we're happy to be that voice. But it is a smaller amount of time once on the weekend that we have this opportunity. So that's why I always ask you to to really make uh, it be a part of your Sunday and also be a part of the show. And it's easy to do. You just uh, if you have a theology question or a life situation question, pick up the phone, dial 877-HOLY-HOST, or numerically 877-465-9467, and uh, give me a call. Let me know what's on your mind. I'd also love for you to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. There's that blue-gray box we talk about that talks about our archive club, and that's for those of you, it was really by, per request um, on your end, that we came up with a method to do this uh, because we have so many shows, even long before uh, you may have heard of us. The show's been going on for a long time. And so we have a lot of those old shows uh, that Tony goes through and he edits out the commercials and then we post them and you have access to them. Um, Three new shows a week without the commercials on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then you have this show, at the end of each hour, it gets posted, so you have this hour by hour after the live show on Sundays. And, and we do have some from 2002 
that will go up there as well, and we'll just kind of mix them up as we go along. Um, so you can enjoy them whenever you want. Uh, but check that out at thejesuschristshow.com. Look for that blue-gray box. Click on the link to find out more information. And if that's not your cup of tea, not a problem. We're here for you every single Sunday, rain nor shine. Bill, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure. You've been very patient. I re- I saw that you were there and had to go and yeah. come back. How can I yeah. help you? Well, I'm having a very, very difficult time. Um, my wife passed away uh, four years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I just can't get it together. Mm. We were married for quite a while, had a wonderful marriage, no problems, and um, she suddenly got sick and she died. Mm. Uh, I, there was only one of us. We didn't have any children, and uh, I'm by myself now in the house. Uh, everything I see reminds me of her. I don't know what to do. That mentality is understandable. And to be in that state of deep sadness is all understandable. But when you don't appreciate the life that you have because someone you cared about lost theirs, it diminishes their life. It says that life is not important, and therefore their death is not important. So it actually has the exact opposite reaction in this world to what you're trying to say, and that is that this person was so special and so missed that you are pained. Yes. So uh, with, without children, I realize that it seems like there's nowhere to go with the, to anyone who, who understands the specialness of this individual. And we talk a lot on the, on the show, Bill, about being the curator of someone's life and really sharing that with others and, and remembering them in a, in a, positive, a positive way. And, and you have that. You hold that now. And if, if you go and you're not here, then... No one's curating that. No one's passing that along. No one's talking. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thinking about um, who she was and things she did. And um, you're keeping those things alive. Well, I don't know what kind of a, how good of a job I'm doing. But um, we were very, very close. We had 33 years of marriage. Wow. And uh, my wife was very special. She uh, she was an, she was an officer in the Marine Corps, so she had a lot going for her. A few more years to go before retirement. Mm. And uh, so I've just uh, I just I go in circles, and uh, I've been some I've been having some health problems that uh, health issues that aren't helping matters any. No, and you know what? And I'm sure they some of them can tie into each other. And what what was her name? Uh, Kathy. Kathy. And how did you meet Kathy? Uh, I met Kathy. She was uh, she was working in electronics, and uh, 
I just happened to meet her. I happened that she had a, I, I needed a little tape recorder and she had it. So I purchased one for someone. And, uh, I had my own small business and, uh, it just seemed like, uh, just everything collapsed at one time. Just mm. everything. So I, I just, I just don't know what to do anymore. I, <laughs> I thought I was a very strong person. Oh, it's not about strength. It's not about strength, Bill. Don't don't be fooled. It's not about strength. It's about feeling deep and and being interdependent and intertwined with somebody for 33 years that was a partner and that you don't untangle that overnight. Now, you say that uh, an illness came on and it came on fairly quickly? Yeah, she uh, she was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. And uh, it was just a matter of a few months before she was gone. So I just don't know. I walk around in circles, not feeling well physically, and mentally certainly not feeling well. Uh, is there any key to this? Is there anything that can be said to uh, lighten the load a little bit? Or Well, I wish there was a magic wand, and there's not. There are some things that you can do, most certainly, and there's things that you have to do. And a couple of, of of ideas that I'll give you, but uh, let's start at the most obvious, and that is you need to take care of yourself physically. Are you seeing a doctor? Uh, yeah, about four of them. Okay, and are they putting you on a regiment? Do they think that uh, sometimes when doctors are human, I know they're scientists, but they're humans, and if when you're working on someone who is hopeless, emotionally hopeless, um, it's hard to it's hard to fight for them. And you need to find hope. You need to find something. And I would suggest you, uh, to um, find a men's group of men that have lost their wives right. and um, and see if you can build strength there. But I'd also recommend doing some volunteer work yourself. I, th- right. I think you need to get out and do some good things. Um, maybe work with animals. I can hear the little pooch in the background. That's uh, my pooches. So that maybe you can... Uh, do things like that that will uh, get you back in the game a little bit and we'll have a normal place for you to talk about your wife uh, but there's if you're living in the state of mourning for four years then that's that's less about your wife's life and more about your loss and if you live in that place hope tends to dwindle and it doesn't it doesn't do any service to Kathy and her memory it doesn't do any service to the things that she loved about you and that she cared about that you had and those attributes that you had. And there's many times that you were a pillar to her and that you were strong for her. And now you're at a point where you are just letting it implode. And that doesn't help anyone. You're still here for whatever reason. God says, you know what, Bill, I need you here. Kathy's coming home. She's been with me. She's done a lot. And um, it's her time. I'm taking her home. But you, Bill, have to stay here. And there's work that needs to be done. Uh, and... Um, other things that need to be looked after. So I would say find some charity work, um, tackle your health uh, issues, but find some hope because if you don't have that hope, others won't have it for you, and it's just going to continue to wreak havoc on your health. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome, and I and. And I'm sorry for your pain. 
and your loss. And I and I know that that's that no one will ever know that because that was intimate between you two. They've seen it. They saw how you guys looked at each other and talked about each other, but they don't know, and no one will. And that's very confining because you feel alone. You don't know who you can talk to. But I will tell you, it's a healthy thing to get out there and help others, help yourself and your health, and you'll find natural ways to to chat about her in a healthy way, Bill. Um, And you can call here anytime. And there's nothing wrong with uh, looking into um, some counseling to where you can just share those things with someone and and just say, these are things I'm going through. But they have groups for men. Believe it or not, some of my uh, most precious phone calls that we've had on the program have been from people like you, Bill, that are going through those very same things. And, you know, yes, we get calls from women, of course, that lose their husbands. But I'll tell you something. There are um, uh, men that call that are deeply transformed during this time and there's zero to be ashamed of it is the jesus christ show i am your holy host with you every single sunday right here same time same place if you want to find out more about the show please check out the jesus christ show.com the jesus christ show.com you can follow us on twitter at jesus show david welcome to the jesus christ show Hello, sir. Pleasure speaking with you. It's my pleasure. How may I help you? Um, I wanted to ask what recommendations or guidance you have for compulsive behaviors and addictions. Uh, What kind of addictions are you talking about? Uh, Two in particular being gambling and love addiction. Okay. So uh, sex, pornography? Uh, Yes, and also going from one relationship to another, um, hoping to find true love when, in fact, uh, uh, that is that does never happen. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I, they probably stum, stem from the same place. Um, you're searching for something, a high, a feeling, an emotional response uh, to the change or excitement or thrill of something or what have you, and you continue to up the game. It's hard to up the game in real life. But through pornography or jumping from one person to the next, you can try and at least feel like you're upping the game a little bit and changing the thrill. Uh, When in reality, everything finds its normalcy and that uh, you'll continue to thirst and try and find these things when um, they will never be satiated. So you have to look as to why you do this. And I think that's the first and foremost thing. So let's start there. Why do you think... Um, you're so compulsive about these things. Uh, well, as far as the love, because I want to, I think, if I'm trying to find a, a person to uh, marry, a, a woman who I would truly love, or or so I think, or so I perceive, and it's, it's not really, or maybe it's otherwise, something something underneath that I don't, I'm not aware of. Uh, and then the, as far as the gambling goes, I think consciously I would, I'm only trying to win to uh, to get the, to get money with which to pay other uh, expenses. But subliminally, I'm guessing it's more just like every other addiction, trying to get a fix or a high, momentary high. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get that win. You're trying to get to that place. 
and stand there in in that even love you you see as gambling. You're just going to randomly find someone and it's going to work. Uh, do you like yourself, David? Not really. So it will be difficult for someone else to. And dare I say it would be very difficult for them to love you if you don't. So there's a uh, – it's interesting. Scripture talks about loving your enemy as you love yourself. And people kind of, you know, look over that and don't understand that you have to love yourself and know yourself, not be egotistical, not be narcissistic, but you have to uh, you have to love yourself before you can love others. There's a lot of things going on here, more than we can we can tackle. But I would tell you the basic steps are to reverse the ones that you've taken to get there. So you have to just like you, you know, how do you get home from wherever you are? You go back the way you came or in a similar direction. Um, you need to reverse those steps, and it's going to come through therapy and really being accountable. You have to be accountable to somebody, um, not just yourself, because you're not trustworthy in that sense for your own uh, judgment. You're looking for the payoff of things, and that's not what life is. Life is absolutely, as corny as it sounds, the journey. It's not where you arrive um, because the final uh, you know, destination is death. So it's not about the arrival. It is truly about the journey. And then for those of faith, of course, um, the final place is to be with the maker. But in your case, David, I would say that um, all these things stem from that that desire to just have that win rather than the process of the win. When you earn money, and yes, there are professional gamblers, different uh, thing, and there are people that just love the gaming and that's different. But when you are looking for the win to make a difference in your life, like you said, to pay off debts or do – it's a bad place to, to be. And now you end up going down and it becomes a perversion. But I assure you, sex addiction and gambling come from healthy places. There is – they have a, a, a healthy version of those things. Love and passion is the healthy version. Um, challenge and exploration and pushing yourself – um, is the healthy point of gambling. So all those things have a healthy brother or sister. You've just taken them to a perversion because you're looking for the payoff rather than the process. So you need to find somebody that can help you walk back through that process and understand it more uh, to start clearing these things away. And it will take some time. It took you a while to get there. It'll take you a while to get out. Remember these words. I am with you always. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.